one juvenile female unresponsive. All of a sudden, I remember Dad saying, watch out. The next thing I remember, I'm waking up and my face is completely smashed up against the windshield. I was in a state of shock because I was dying in the vehicle. I looked to my left and I remember Jen laying limp in her seat. The day began celebrating Josh's baseball tournament win and Jen's first choir concert. In a split second on the drive home, it would become their worst day. The accident happened on this stretch of road less than a mile from the barracks home. The family was told the driver was going nearly 80 miles an hour at the time and no one remembers what happened next. The entire family sustained life-threatening injuries and were rushed to four different hospitals. Jen wasn't expected to make it through the night. Jennifer had a traumatic brain injury and it was a global injury all through her brain. In the days, weeks, and months when the barracks couldn't care for themselves, family and friends pitched in, using the power of prayer, they say, to cope, hold on to hope, and deal with the anger. Doctors didn't expect Jen to recover at all. She was in a coma for five weeks, and her mom says the times she did respond were not encouraging. We'd see half an eye for a little bit. It wasn't like she just woke up and could talk to us. When Jen finally emerged from the coma, loved ones say she was singing gospel songs and reciting prayers as clear as she had before the accident. Thank you for everything you're doing. I just have to constantly be reminding myself that his plan is perfect and that he can and that I believe he will heal me in the right timing. I mean, it might not be for another year or it might even be longer or it could happen today. That's right. I just, um, my faith is in the Lord. When you survive something like that, you know um, that God has a different plan. She would circle around the kitchen and she would say over and over again, I'm going to have a ministry to the world. Out of our story came our ministry and we've been able to, you know, go and minister to many different people and have opportunities that if our wreck wouldn't have happened, that we wouldn't have had the chance to be able to do. God um, empowers Jen to get on stage and speak now and that's not how she was. She has a whole new personality. She has a whole new purpose in life and it wasn't how she was prior to the accident. God just gives me such a great peace and He truly just helps me know that Jen, you aren't alone and that I've opened up these doors of ministry for you and I will provide. He wants us to love people, love others, and love Him. Westridge, would you join me in welcoming the Barrick family to Westridge Church today? We're so honored to have them with us. They're actually from my hometown and from my home church. And I remember this story and uh, was kind of refreshing myself in the last couple weeks. And like, wow, yeah, we were praying for that back over a, a decade ago. And I remember my pastor, Dr. Jerry Falwell, growing up in, in that church. And he didn't get shaken by much. Uh, took a lot of criticism and heat. But when he was talking about you guys, he was, I remember he was describing the car, which after this accident, 
No one could have fit back into that car. It's amazing that all four of you are here truly. And I remember him just uh, with his voice shaking, talking about how it had been smashed and crunched and, and the whole thing. And so, Andy, when you go back to November 5th, 2006, what goes through your mind? Well, when I think back, I think of God's faithfulness to us um, and how he's been with us every step and every day since then. But it was, um, it was a wonderful day. We were coming home from church at Thomas Road on a Sunday night. There was a 26-year-old gentleman who had been drinking all day. His blood alcohol level was 0.33. He had been smoking marijuana. He was depressed over a breakup with his girlfriend. He had hit someone, and the police had him and then put him back in the car, and he sped off coming at us going 80 miles an hour with his lights off. We didn't even see him. He hit us with such force that he dropped the engine out of his truck and ran right over top of us. In an instant, our life changed forever. We were medevaced to four different hospitals, and we didn't go home for over three months as a family. And you know what? We didn't even see it coming. Yet I can tell you that God was with us, and he did so many miracles for us. And we just clung on to his word and his promises to make it through every day. Yeah. Linda, so the four of you were evacuated into four different hospitals um, as a mom. Tell us about that time, what that was like. It was hard. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing that can prepare you for something like that. And, you know, even waking up in the van, my face is just smashed up against this crushed glass, you know, windshield. And I just remember I'm crying out to the Lord and Josh was awake and I was awake and we're just praying out loud, Jesus, come to our rescue. Lord, have mercy on us. And, you know, in your darkest moments, you can cry out to Jesus and he will hear you. And I just want to encourage you today, if you're going through something hard that you can cry out to Jesus. And so for 16 days, um, we, were, we were in four different hospitals within hours of each other. I didn't see Andy or Jen for 16 days, but I prayed night and day. And I made everyone that came to see me get on their knees and pray. And we just begged God to save Jen's life. And uh, Jen was a Glasgow scale of three at the car wreck. And dead people are three. And no one thought that she would live through the night. And then she was in a coma for five, month, for five weeks, and um, no one thought she would wake up. And we just prayed and prayed. And, you know, you, you see movies about people being in a coma, but it's not at all like that. When Jen woke up, um, it was just you'd see half an eye for a little bit, or uh, she would um, just look at you, and then she'd keep sleeping And so we were just praying and praying. Andy and I were in wheelchairs, and Josh was 11. He was pushing us around. Mm -hmm. And as Jen started to emerge from this coma, she had no control of her arms and her legs, and she's just thrashing around, and she's moaning in pain. And we can't really communicate with her. She She can't understand us. We can't understand her. But all of a sudden... As we're watching our beautiful 15-year-old daughter, and she's thrashing around. She's in this bed that is zipped up like a tent to keep her from falling on the ground. And one day, she starts talking to Jesus. And it was this uninjured voice, and we could understand her. And she was just having this two-way conversation, and she was saying, Lord, should I go or should I stay? What would you have me do? And then she's rolling around on her stomach and the feeding tube's getting all wound up around her. And she's saying, okay, Lord, I'll do it. 
but there aren't words to describe you. You'll have to write it down. And you know, Jen didn't need hope, but we needed hope. And it's like God just allowed us to to hear out loud what was happening. It was almost as if Jen was in God's throne room somehow. She was with them, and we were allowed to hear it. And then Jen would be in so much pain, and the only way to calm her, we would bring in the WOW Worship CD. And she could sing out loud all 22 songs on that while worship CD, word for word. And we left the Bible open in a room and we'd say to the nurses, don't dare close that Bible because God's word is alive and powerful. And to calm Jen, uh, different friends would be with her every night. We couldn't even stay because of all of our injuries. Mm -hmm. They would start reading scripture to calm her in Psalms. And Jennifer would start quoting whole chapters of the Bible, every verse she had hidden in her heart. And we saw two sides to Jen, her mind and her body that was so broken, and yet the Holy Spirit was alive and perfect inside of her. And I just want to encourage you today that as soon as you invite Christ into your heart and life, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And it doesn't matter how broken you feel today. You know, the enemy wants us to think that we're worthless, that we've messed up and God can't use us anymore. But if you know Jesus, his Holy Spirit is perfect and beautiful inside of you. Yeah, amen. That's so good. Yeah. The, the doctors are, are baffled by the two gens um, because in some ways she doesn't remember everyone that's coming in, not even you guys at times, but yet she's quoting scripture and singing worship songs. And then you guys had a, a particularly interesting moment Uh, near Christmas, towards the Christmas season that year. Tell us about that. So it was Christmas time and Jen was still in the hospital and she still couldn't stand up or sit up and a lift put her in a wheelchair. And my friend Pam was with us and uh, Pam's on the ground rubbing Jen's feet and Jen's kicking Pam. And it's Christmas and I'm in my wheelchair and I said, let's sing Silent Night to calm her down. So we started singing Silent Night And in the middle of silent night, Jennifer starts singing and she's just glowing and she's looking up at the left and at the end, she just goes, amen. And I looked at her and I said, Jen, do you see Jesus? And she said, yes, don't you see him? He is standing right beside me. So good. I don't know about the church you grew up in, but we didn't shout amen at the end of silent night. And, uh, and so just that exclamation because Jesus was present and in the room, just what a, what a powerful thing. And Jen's relationship with Jesus has gone to whole new heights and you understand him in, in whole new ways now. Uh, there's even a different way for her to describe Jesus. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Well, I love just viewing Jesus as my escort. Because, you know, God promises in Scripture that once we have invited the Lord into our life and into our hearts as our personal Savior, how God promises to never leave us or forsake us. So I love just to visualize Jesus being my escort, holding my hand, being beside me, you know, carrying me on the hard days. Just want to encourage you guys with that. The same for you. If you um, have invited the Lord into your life and into your heart, you are never alone. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, as pastors, one of the reasons why we wanted to have the Barrick family today is because all of us go through tragedy. All of us go through pain. 
And we know from the scriptures that God is about two things. He is about his glory, first and foremost. But the scriptures also say he is about our good, our welfare. And I can say I've seen too many times where people bail out on him in the middle of a circumstance and they miss out on both. And our hope for you today is that whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, whatever brought you here today, we believe every single one of you were meant to be in that seat today. We hope that this story of a faithful God will just encourage you and bring you back perhaps from where you've been. And I think that's something for any of you to answer from this circumstance. How can you describe for us, how do you come back to this place of faith and confidence uh, in God after he's allowed you to go through this? I'll start. Um, It's hard. Uh, You know, the one thing I just want you guys to know uh, about us is that um, we're just a family, just like you guys, Um, that they gave us a mic and they don't know what we're going to say, right? (laughs) They um, do that with me every week. Yeah, they do that with Pastor Paul every week. And he gets paid for it. So. <laughs> but um, so we're just we're just trying to be here and be so real with you guys um, and transparent. And and why and my thing um, to be able to get to that point is a lot of times we're fake. I'm just going to be honest, and I'm I'm calling myself out and um, and knowing that why why do we do that? Why can't we just be real and say, Wow, I'm struggling? Why can't we go to a friend and be like, I'm struggling? Let's work through this together. You know, and a lot of times as Christians, I know for me, growing up in a Christian home, um, I felt like I wasn't, Satan had me trapped. I felt like I wasn't able to admit that I could be struggling. Um, and that's just being really honest with you. And I think, um, I think God wants to get us to the point of the complete and total surrender and knowing that um, a lot of times it's not your fault. Uh, you know, we say... I would venture to say a lot of you haven't been run over by a drunk driver going 85 miles an hour, but you have been through something that we haven't been through, right? That I can't speak into, but knowing that that first step, knowing that, Hey, it may not be fair, but God still calls us to one run to him, right? We have two options. Where are we going to go run away from the creator of the universe or run to him? And then knowing in that, um, there's something freeing today. And maybe you're sitting there today and you're just like, um, you know, you have to act like it's, it's all okay. And that's where we, we were just like, no, like it's not okay. We, the Barrick family cannot do it on our own strength. That's good. Uh, we had to be real. We had to be transparent be like, God, come in, please change this and use this. Cause right now the first step is it's confusing. Um, and God, like, where do we turn? Like, and God just says, Hey, I'm God. You are not praise the Lord for that. Hmm. Um, but I have you in my hand. Um, you're called to, we're called to just trust and the, and the, uh, run to him with that in, in transparency. That's good. We also get the opportunity to travel all over the country, and we speak in a lot of different venues. We speak in prisons. We speak in schools, churches, public events, and everyone's the same. Life's hard. Everyone's broken and hurting in some way. Hmm. The question is, what do we do with it, and where do we run? For us, we clung to the promises of God's word. Every day we claim his promises just to get out of bed and take one more step. We live in a very painful, sinful world and no one is immune to pain. 
How many of you have been through something hard and painful in your life? Raise your hand. Just about everyone. So the choice is truly to claim his promises and run to God and believe him is true or run away from him. Our hope today is that God would whisper hope to your heart and that you would trust him to take one more step with him. Yeah. I think what you said about was so important a minute ago, Josh, just if you're struggling, admit it. I mean, the Psalms are all about that. The, Psalm, the writers of the Psalms, you can, you can, there's a song for you there somewhere for whatever you're struggling with. I, I love that. It's not weakness to admit that you're struggling with something, especially in the midst of a circumstance like this. And part of the faith journey for you guys in this circumstance is also uh, a journey of forgiveness, which is just unbelievable. How do you forgive your... How do you forgive the person who did this to you? And in some ways, how do you forgive God for allowing this to happen? I mean, how does forgiveness begin to manifest itself for you guys in this situation? Josh, do you want to talk about how you had to forgive God? Um, Usually when we speak, uh, I have to talk about forgiveness because they don't like to talk about it. And nobody likes to talk about it. So they're like, hey, let Josh go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We flip a coin in the back. Who wants to talk about forgiveness? No, but... um, let's just be honest. Uh, nobody in here. I mean, if you'd like to forgive, please talk to me after uh, this. Why? Because in our human mindset, somebody hurts you and you're just going to turn around and say, Hey, I love you, man. Or, or, um, you know, it's okay. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Right. And, um, and a lot of times in the situation, uh, it's not your fault. Um, but why is forgiveness so important? Uh, we just said, Hey, everybody in here has a story. Everybody raised their hand and said, hey, I've been through something hard. I I would venture to say everybody um, would say, hey, since I've been through this hard thing, God, please use this, right? I mean, none of us would want to go through something hard for it not to be used, right? That makes no sense. Um, And then maybe some of you are like me, who I went through this thing that was hard. I saw God's presence. I saw what he did. I knew he was true. And yet I felt like he wasn't using me to my full potential, Um, and, and I was, and I was just praying to God. I was like, God, why? Like, why? And looking at Jen and knowing that, um, you know, Jen is so joyful and like the Holy Spirit's flowing through her. Um, and you know, like, why is that? And, uh, for me, I just felt like I was missing the mark somewhere. Hmm. Um, and God really showed me that it was an unforgiving heart. Um, and so that's where I believe personally, um, that the first step is forgiveness uh, we say we want to be used, um, you know, we want to use this tragedy, but, but we can't unless we choose to forgive. And why is that? And God brought me to this passage. Let me help you again. We, did, we practiced yeah. this last service. <laughs> this is what we got here an hour early for to practice. The mic <laughs> right. I almost missed it. Um, and God brought me to this passage, um, Ephesians 4, 30 and 31. Actually, I'm just going to say Ephesians 4, uh, 31. And it says, get rid of all bitterness rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. There's a lot in that verse. The first thing that sticks out is the obvious one, and obviously the church answer that we would say, but we're so sinful and God forgives us every day. Why do we forgive? Because of a loving God who loves you and forgives you every single day. Right, But also the part that I just kind of want to hit on is that we don't think about a lot. Is some of those words that were, that were up there that were kind of nasty, 
uh, bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Um, how many of you want to be associated with those words? Mm. Nobody, right? Uh, you don't go hang out with someone and say, man, like, she is just so bitter. I love being with her. Yeah. Like, she just spews malice over me the whole time. Like, it's great, yeah. right? Like, no. <laughs> that makes no sense, right? It's good. But, well, like, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, no, but, you... like, that's what, that's what we do with, a, with an unforgiving heart. Yeah. Is that that's what we cultivate. And, uh, and that grips on to us, right? And then God is saying, hey, I can't come in and use that right now because that is what is taking hold of me. Yeah. So I, I want to come to you in this. I think one of, the, one of the most simple things in forgiveness is giving it a name. And sometimes that name is an ex-spouse, a former coworker, a parent, a former boss, whatever it might be. There is a driver. There was a drunken driver on this night and he has a name. And you guys have extended forgiveness to him. Talk about that for just a moment and name it. Name him. So four and a half years ago, Jennifer was diagnosed with thyroid cancer because of all the CT scans on her head. And as her mom, I just went to a really dark place again. I thought I had forgiven. But really, at this point, I started blaming God. And I was saying, Lord, why does Jen have to still suffer because of the sin of someone else? And maybe you're sitting here today and you can relate to that. Maybe you feel like you're suffering because of the poor choices that someone else has made. And you know, a lot of times I think, you know, um, the enemy is Satan. He's the one. He wants to take us out. He wants to paralyze us with fear. He wants to get us so angry and so bitter at God. Or sometimes even at ourselves that we keep condemning ourselves. That we're not free. We're not free for God to use us. Well, when Jen had cancer, she said, oh, God's going to expand my ministry. (laughs) And she said, if God allowed me to have cancer, then everybody understands cancer. Not everybody understands brain injury, but everybody understands cancer. And so she said, I'm going to share Jesus with every doctor and every nurse. And she took her little prayer book and she handed it out at the UVA Cancer Center. And then she said, Mom, I think God wants me to write a letter to Corey, the drunk driver, and tell him that I forgive him. And it's so powerful. I'm going to have Jen read it. So, yes, I wrote the drunk driver. Dear Corey, my name is Jennifer Barrick. I don't know if you know who I am, but I am a girl who prays for you every day. I am asking God to heal you so that you can talk and walk again. I have a brain injury because you were drinking and driving, and I have suffered a lot too. But I like to think that God has remodeled me and has made me better. Even though I have disabilities and struggle every day, God is using me in ways I never dreamed possible for his glory. I want you to know that I have forgiven you, not in my own strength, but in God's strength. I can't explain it, But God has given me a special love for you. I will continue to pray for you daily. Today, Lord, I choose to forgive Corey, just like you forgave me. Thank you for second chances. That's so good. Man alive. I want to talk about that remodeling in a moment. But before we get to that, I'm watching Dad. 
and I don't know how many times you guys have told this story, but it still, it still chokes you up. And I want you to talk to the men because as men, forgiveness is not our thing, truly, especially when it comes to the women in our lives and people who have hurt them. And uh, as men, for, forgiveness is down the list. There's other things we'd prefer to do first. And, um, and so talk about, as a man, how you forgive and how you, how you share in this perspective that Jen has. Wow. Well, I think as men, we sort of cover it up and we shove it down. And we'd say, I'd rather do 10 other things than forgive the person who hurt my family or hurt me. But I want to encourage you today to ask God to help you to take one day at a time and start the process of asking God to help you forgive that person. And I don't know your story. I don't know what they did to you. But if you take it to the cross every day and lay it at the cross, God will help you forgive. And listen, we do it for our own freedom. If we hold it inside of us, it's only hurting us. Believe me, I've been there. Where it's a poison, it's a toxin, and Satan has a foothold. And I'm not saying it happens in one day. I'm saying every day take it to the cross. And here's the reminder of the cross for all of us. What was Jesus doing when they were murdering him? What was he doing? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He is our example. So every day we can take it to the cross and lay it there and say, God, help me to forgive so I can be free. Yeah. If you've gone through something painful, and everyone here said they have, God is not going to waste it. He is going to use you in greater ways. Your pain makes you passionate to help others. It gives you a purpose far greater than yourself. If you could just think about how your pain will put you face to face with someone else who's in pain, someone else that you could share Jesus with. That's good. About a year ago, we spoke in Charlottesville, and there was a lady that came up to Jen that had been at the same UVA Cancer Center, and Jen, her name was Florence. Yes, Florence uh, came up to us after we spoke, wearing a bright blue baseball hat, and she um, shared the exciting news that she was cancer-free, and then she pulled out of her purse. It was all tattered and worn. It was uh, my prayer book. And she uh, shared, Jen, you know, one of the nurses saved your prayer book for me. And I've been praying your prayers every day. I hope that's okay. (laughs) And then she shared uh, that the exciting news that she had prayed the salvation prayer in the back. And she said, I think it took. (laughs) (laughs) And then we we started... um, We developed a friendship with Florence, and about six months later, we got word that Florence had passed away. And my immediate negative thought was, we thought she was healed. And Jen, what did you say? She is. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) She's dancing on streets of gold. She is. Yeah. She is. And so we talk about, often, we all have earthly facts. We all have things in our life that are true that we can't change, things we wish we could change that we can't. Jen's earthly fact was she had thyroid cancer. But the heavenly reality is she had cancer at just the right time. 
And now Florence is in heaven for all of eternity. Good. What if you share Jesus with someone? It doesn't totally take your pain away, but it gives you a purpose far greater than yourself. What if you could change someone else's destiny forever? Jen shares Jesus everywhere she goes, uh, in the grocery store, in the bathroom. Sometimes we can't find her, and she's in the bathroom sharing Jesus with someone. <laughs> She'll just say, what will you say? Hey, I'm Jen. Yes, I say, hey, I'm Jen. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. And Jen, God's given you such an, a unique perspective and some of that has come to you looking in the mirror and, and, uh, and you've been very candid about the scars God has given you but, but also you have a unique perspective on those scars. Talk about that for just a moment. Well, yes, I, um, this in particular day I was uh, counting my scars. I was curious how many I had. And it was really cool though because when I found out the number... God just spoke to my heart, and he, he just was saying, you know, Jen, when I look at you, I don't think, oh, you're the girl with all these scars. No. When I look at you, I just, I see that you are beautiful. You are priceless. You are worth it. You are mine. And I just want to encourage everyone here with that, because, you know, we all have wounds, and we all have scars, and that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your brokenness. No. When he looks at you, he sees your potential and the amazing plans he has in store for you yeah. and how he wants to use you for his glory ultimately. Yeah. So, Jen, what do we say? We say we don't have scars. but Oh, yes. We say we don't have scars, but we have beauty marks. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, you know, go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, one day we were talking about scars and you said, oh, someone else has scars. Yes, yeah. uh, Jesus But, you know, Jesus, he chose to keep his scars from dying on the cross. And his scars do. They shout, I love you. You were worth it. That I would die on the cross all over again just to have a personal, intimate love relationship with you. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Truly, when when we allow God to use our stories and take our scars and turn them into beauty marks... It is allowing him to change, through our circumstances, change someone else's eternal destiny. And I want, to th- want you to think about the people God brings into your life. Do they need Jesus? Hmm. Jen and I, we often go to this Walmart in our hometown. And Jen's always in there smiling and walking around. And she went up to an employee the one day and said, do you know Jesus? And he looked right at Jen and he said, Jen, I know where I'm going. I'm going to hell. And I've done too many bad things in my life. This was just a couple months ago, folks. He said, I'm going to hell. He said, but I want you to come, keep coming in here because I love seeing your smiling face. A week after that encounter, Jen took her Miracle for Jen book back for this gentleman. He's in his 50s and he was outside on break. She walked right up to him and said, sir, will you read my story? And he looked at her and he said, I'm not going to read it unless you sign it. And Jen wrote a couple sentences and signed her name. And I kid you not, folks, with tears streaming down his face, he pulled my daughter close and he kissed her on the cheek and he said, I promise to read your story. Mm. Do you know that that gentleman doesn't have to die and go to hell? That Jesus paid the price for each one of our sins, and it's a free gift. 
There are people all around you in your school, at work, at the Walmart, who are desperate for Jesus. They need hope. They need the living hope. Yeah. And God can use your story to share Jesus with them. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I love about your family is that you guys were serving faithfully in in the church and uh, you had a thriving walk with the Lord. And, uh, and of course, this has expanded your faith, but it was the foundation of daily obedience and, and daily relationship with God that laid the foundation for you guys to be able to go through this. And then the fruit of that became you quoting Bible verses and singing worship songs, uh, that things that you probably didn't realize you had memorized that were in there. And, and one of the disciplines that uh, Jen had had for a, a long time was her journal. And two and a half months before this, uh, she had written something in her journal. And as we close our, our time, would you share that with us? I would love to. So uh, I titled the journal, Anything is Possible with You. And I said, wow, Lord, it's crazy how time flies. And this year, Father, I don't want to blend in because I know that I was born to stand out. To stand alone? Maybe. If that's what it takes. This life that I now live is not mine, but yours. It's yours to do with as you please. So pretty much, Father, I'm just begging you to take this year and my life and to please allow your glory to shine. Take it, Father, and use it to its fullest potential. Then I signed it, your faithful servant, Jen. And she was begging God for boldness. Um, she d- didn't have the boldness that her little brother Josh had. And so her journals over and over, she was saying, Lord, I want you to use me to make a difference in the world. And I know I'm going to need boldness so I can pray out loud like my little brother Josh. Yeah. And so now she has it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're fond of saying, uh, and you, you correct me and get it, get it right for me, your, your pain will give you a purpose. And I think for so many of you that are, that are here today who perhaps are wondering why, why God why have I got to deal with this why have I got to go through this maybe it's something in the past that for you it just it's caused you to put your heavenly father at an arm's length can I just encourage you to draw near to him today to come back to him today and to trust him enough to put his glory on display through your life the way that he has with this dear family I want to ask, as we close our time, I want to ask to pray together, for us all to pray together. And Jen, would you, would you pray over the family here at Westridge today? I would love to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for this time. Lord, we just want to shout holy, holy, holy. Thank you, Lord, for how you see us. <laughs> and even more than that, you know the details of our life. Father God, how you don't keep us where you are at, where we are at. I believe you are raising up mighty warriors here in the sanctuary today. Lord, help us not, to, not ever to shrink back. For we know the secret. <laughs> we have you on our side. So Lord Jesus, help us never to forget who you are. For you are wonderful glorious, holy, and righteous, victorious, conqueror, triumphant, and mighty. Thank you for being our healer, deliverer, shield, and defense. I love how you're our strong tower and our best friend. 
So Lord Jesus, we run to you this day. And thank you, Lord Jesus. We are praising you in advance for all that you have in store. And Daddy, <laughs> we crown you with praise. To your name, Father God. Amen. Amen.